But it's good to see you all, and you look, you look like you're having a good week, uh, some good, uh, maybe something exciting happened, I don't know. I, I, this is all a great crowd, but I just got to comment that there is an energy right in these first couple rows here. <laughs> it, it's almost frightening, I'm just telling you, okay, but uh, uh, maybe we all could gr- grab a little bit of that, or they could bottle some of it, and we could, but anyway, here we go. Uh, th- we've been in a series, and I want to just continue going with that today. Um, we've been talking about this is what we do. And so I want to start right now as we talk about this, as we kind of jump into the service, about what, what we're talking about. Of course, we, we back it up uh, to where we started at the first part of July. With We start by understanding this uh, statement by understanding who we are, okay? So what we learn first of all is this is who we are. We are salt and light. We are here to influence and we're here to impact our world, our community, those people around us. We're to, we're to shake and we're to shine, right? So based on who we are... And then what we've been learning, based on not only who we are, but who we are following, and that would be God and, his, and, and, and the, the, in the power of Christ. So who we are, who we are following, and the examples that he gave us, then we've been looking at some things based on that of what we should be doing. And so this is who we are, but this is what we do now that we know who we are. All right, so we've looked at two broad areas and, and been just really specifically talking about it. Let me remind you what they are. As followers of Christ, this is what we do. We give generously, right? Uh, the, the, the verse on, in Acts chapter 20 where Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive, right? So we're here to give generously. That's what we do. All right? What we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, and we're going to talk about again today, is we not only give, we also serve passionately. And, and Jesus went on to say similar things. He said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And, and in that context, he's talking about serving others. And he gave us this great example of washing feet, and that should be the attitude. But last week, we kind of began to expand that idea of serving by looking at the fact that God has actually enabled us, equipped us, made us, created us to serve. He's given us as his people. Why do we do this? Well, he gave us the ability. He put that within us to serve. We serve because we are servants who have been made to serve and have been given the abilities to serve and to do so passionately and to do so with with great effect. And that's what we talked about last week. Now, in case you missed that or maybe you're asking some of these questions, I, I found a video clip I wanted to share with you because maybe this is some of the questions or just some of the thoughts that you may have been having. Watch the screen just for a moment. What are my spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts. I've learned about what it means to serve God and why we do it. And believe me, I really want to start getting more involved in the church. I'm not someone who can play an instrument or teach a Bible class. And even if I could, I'm sure that there's someone out there. Someone who could do it way better than me. I mean, I work at Home Depot. I work at a hospital. I can help customers and I can drive a forklift. And yeah, I'm trained to read medical charts. But I don't see how I can use that when it comes to serving in the church. I don't see how I could use that for the church. Honestly, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Actually, after the service last week, I, I actually heard almost that verbatim question. So, so what am I supposed to do? 
I, okay, I get it. You're, you're kind of got in my attention that, that I'm made to do this, but what am I supposed to do? What, I, I don't know what those gifts look like and even how to, how to use them. So what am I supposed to do? And I hope that before we leave here today that I've at least, at least given some insight on the answer to that question. And maybe for some of you, the light bulb's going to come on. You're going to get it and, and really understand. But I just hope that we all move here a little bit better understanding what this spiritual gift idea has to do with us. Here's a verse that I encourage you to memorize last week. First Peter chapter number 4 and verse number 10. You'll see it on the screen. In fact, I'd like you to say it with me just to remind us. Let's say this together. Each of us should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various form. Okay, let's, let's make sure we remember. Each one of you has a gift. None of you missed the gift truck. It, it, it came around and you were there. God, at salvation, when you accepted Christ, if you're a follower of his, each one of us has a gift. Each one of us has a gift that is to serve others. Each one of you have a gift that is, that is the purpose is to be a servant to other people. And just one other thought, we are expected to use that gift. We're going to be held accountable. We're managers. We're stewards. It's not our gift anyway. It's God's. And he says, I give this to you now. I want you to do something with it. So each one of you, as God's people, you have gift or gifts. You are, uh, you, they're used to serve, and they are expected to be used. Now, elsewhere in Scripture, we hear some other things. Let me point this one. Out. 1 Corinthians 12, 1, Paul makes this statement. He says, now concerning these spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Your version may actually use the word ignorant, and it's not talking about having no sense. It's just the fact that you have this absence of understanding of spiritual gifts. Obviously, at the writing of Paul, the first century church, there was a lot of misinformation about spiritual gifts. They, they were not being used as God intended or they're not being used however you want to look at it. There was some misinformation because Paul says, I don't want you to be uninformed. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, maybe you're into this church thing or not, but there's a lot of absence of information, of true information about spiritual gifts still today. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of thoughts here and there and a, a lot of misunderstanding, perhaps, or even just not understanding at all this idea of spiritual gifts. And, and so Paul clarifies, listen, I want you to understand this, and that's my goal to you today. I want you to understand how powerful and how incredibly effective God has made us to be used with these spiritual gifts. So we're going to focus today on this topic, and we're going to do, we got several different elements to add to help us understand that, but we're going to talk about unwrapping our spiritual gifts. We talked about this box of spiritual gifts, and it remains open. It has our name. We're going to talk about how we unwrap that, what that looks like in our lives. And maybe you've already done that, so this will be encouraging. Maybe you're, you have questions, but I hope that before we're done, you get it, because we're back to this. So what now am I supposed to do? I, I understand, Pastor, we got these gifts, but how do I, what do I do with it? Or, or where is it? And, and how do I find it? What, how do I use this particular gift? Let me just remind you of this. Last week we talked, Peter, the guy that we talked about last week, in some senses kind of took the, all the gifts, if you would, and categorized them into two broad categories. And so look on the screen, 1 Peter chapter number 4 and verse number 11, just to remind us. He says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So in, I think in just broad strokes, he says you could kind of categorize the gifts into two broad, broad ideas. One is speaking gifts, 
and one is serving gifts. So let me just give some images of what just to get, remember, this is the speaking gifts, okay? So just to, just to give me an idea, because I'm going to set this up here, because maybe what God has done is somewhere in the neighborhood of speaking, something that's going to involve vocal, and not, not just teaching, that could be encouraging, that could be exhorting, there's a lot of things, but it's something that involves the, the, that. Then we have the serving gifts, the idea of something that involves maybe, maybe not as much speaking, but something that involves ministering in some way, whether that's mercy, whether that's giving, faith, there's something that involves more of the serving. So we're going to talk about these broad areas and how that God has given us in these broad areas ways to serve. What does that look like for you? What does it look like in your particular, uh, your particular experience? All right, last week we talked from, or we listened to the Apostle Peter. Today we want to look at one of the other major figures in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul. What does Paul have to say about these gifts? Actually, Paul's the first one to talk about the spiritual gifts. He's the one to first use the actual term spiritual gifts. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking predominantly in the book of Romans today. So the book of Romans, if you have your Bibles or your electronic devices, we're going to start in chapter 1, very easy to find. We're going to be looking at how Paul describes these this, this idea of, of spiritual gifts. Uh, let me just kind of give you a little context of what Paul is speaking. One thing is when he, I, I often say, and I, and I believe there's a, a lot of validity to this, the first time you see a, a critical word or concept in the Bible, something that's repeated often, that, that first time is used, it's a great way to look at that and kind of get a foundation for how it's going to be used in the rest of the Bible. All right, so here's the first time in Romans chapter 1 that you're going to see this term spiritual gifts used by Paul by, in the New Testament at all. So there we're going to see some foundation, some things that spiritual gifts, we can get a better description even from the first way that it's used. Romans chapter number 1, Paul has, um, is writing to this church at Rome. That's why it's called Romans, all right? That's the, the reason for that. But what we know from history is at this point he has never met these people or at least most of these people. He's never been to Rome yet. So these people, the church was started through his ministry and probably, and others that had moved there or gone there had, had accepted Christ, and they started this church. Paul has not yet met them, and he wants to get there. He wants to get to Rome so he can meet these Christians. And here's how he starts. Just wait, verse number 11 of chapter 1, Paul says, I long to see you. Again, he hasn't met them yet. I long to see you, and here's why. So that I may impart to you some, and here's our word, some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Now, I want to just park on that word impart for just a second. He's not saying I want to impart as in I want to give you a gift that you don't have and something to what he's saying is I have God has given me a gift and I want to open it to share it with you. I want to impart it to you. I want to use what God a gift that God has given me to be able to help you to serve you. I want to impart a gift from my from God for me into your life, something that will help you. And so that's what he's doing. This spiritual gift is one Paul has and he wants the church to understand it. So let me look at what we can learn about spiritual gifts just from, from this, opening, this opening verse. Some very basic things. Remember, this first time it's used, this sets a pattern for the rest of the way it's going to be used in the New Testament. Here's the first thing. My gifts are used to strengthen others. The very essence of what spiritual gifts is about is to strengthen other people. Now, you say, well, you said that before. I'm not being redundant. I want to make sure you understand what we're talking about. Your gift is not for yourself. 
Your gift is not given to strengthen you. Your gift is given, what did he say? I want to impart a gift to you so you will be strong, so you will be made stronger. Our gifts are for the benefit of other people. Listen to how he says it in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift, there's our word again, is given to each of us so we can, what? Help each other. Your gift is not for you. Your gift is for the benefit of others. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to enjoy it. It doesn't mean you're not going to be fulfilled by it. That may all happen, but that's not the purpose. The purpose of your gift, speaking, serving, however that falls, is for the benefit of others. Now, when I say or you say, you know, this is my gift, okay, well, we've got to understand there's a couple problems with that that we've got to make sure we understand. Truth is, it's not my gift anyway. It belongs to God. It's a gift that's on loan from him that I'm to manage. So make sure we never forget that. This isn't my gift. This is, this is God's giving me a gift to use. But the second thing we can understand is when we say my gift, we may be misunderstanding the fact that this is not about me. When God gave me a gift, and, and, I, and I honestly believe part of my gifting has something to do with talking, and so when God gives me a gift, he didn't give it to me, to, to me with me in mind. He gave it to me with the people that I'm going to be serving in mind. Does that make sense? He, he gave it to me because I'm going to use this to serve others. So whatever your gift is, it is to help others. The gifts are never to, for the benefit of amusement or for uh, someone to say, look what I have, look at my, did you see my gift? It's nothing about that, okay? So let's get past that. Most of us wouldn't say that, but it's also not for our fulfillment, if you say, you know, I wasn't very fulfilled doing that, it, that really is not the point. <laughs> if your gift was used properly, whether you enjoyed it or not, I, you will many times, but that's really not the point. The, we have to understand the gifts are not about me. The gifts are about how it's going to help others. It, it, the gifts are given to strengthen others. Let me give you the second thought. My gifts bring strength through encouragement. If we go back and read our verse again, he said that. He said, uh, my, I want to have this spiritual gift to you so you'll be strong. That is, in other words, he says, another way of saying this is what he's saying. That is so that you will have mutual encouragement. Now, that word encouragement is a word used in the New Testament for, it, sometimes it's translated comfort. It could be exhortation. It could be just the word that you understand of encouragement. It's the idea, though, of a personal contact with someone else that your, your gift is going to help lift them up, to help build them up in some way. Your gift is going to come alongside someone else, and in the process, they're going to be strengthened, but it comes to the avenue of some way encouraging them, some way helping them in their, in their next step. If, if you use the word exhort, it might be the idea of someone that's, that's kind of struggling and kind of falling away, and you come up and you put your arm around them, and you very firmly but very lovingly say, hey, dude, you don't want to go down that road, that road, that road, road, road. That could be the gift that God has, or your actions are going to help them head back the right way, or maybe they're just about to give up, and you come up and you comfort them, and you say, come on, you can do this, and you say that with words, or you say that with some kind of action, and, and you're encouraging them, or they're going through a struggle that you, you, you can see, it's just about to beat them up, and you come around with the comfort of words, or your arms, or your actions, and that comfort helps them stay going. 
You see, you strengthen them through encouragement. You strengthen them through somehow helping them stay doing what, to not give up. Timothy was told by Paul one time, he said, I want to send you to this church so you can establish and encourage them. Same words. So you can get them stronger and so that you can comfort, encourage, exhort them. That's what God gives you the gifts for. In some form or fashion, your gift is to strengthen others through encouragement. One other thought. My gifts are an exercise or an expression of my faith. If you go back and you read the verse again, he said, we uh, want to impart to you a spiritual gift that I may, may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. A spiritual gift is an expression of your faith. That means your reliance on God. And it's then given to strengthen the faith of others. I mean, that could be a definition, if you would. I wrote it down. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability to express our faith effectively by strengthening someone else's faith. God wants to take your faith in him. What what we're talking about here is the idea that there is a definite difference between a spiritual gift and a natural ability. And this idea of faith is what makes the difference. Because an unbeliever, we talked about, an atheist, an agnostic, whether they even acknowledge that there is a God... They have, they have abilities to speak or to even, even have encouragement or to have this idea of hospitality. They have those kind of abilities, and they don't even recognize it, but God gave them to them at birth. But those are not spiritual gifts. Why? Because they can't come from faith. They're not something that God is empowering because that's just a natural ability. It's not being used by faith, and they're not doing it to strengthen the faith of others. So your spiritual gift being used is when you rely on God to do something. Even if you have this spiritual gift includes something you're, you're good at and you get that, that's an ability. But then at some point you have to then say, but I, I'm not going to help someone's faith in my own strength. I'm trusting on God. I'm relying. It has to come from faith in him and also to strengthen the faith of others. Your gift is a gift of encouragement that comes from you relying on God. So as you look at your gift, and see, Christians, we do the same thing. We, we, we're good at something maybe, and God wants to gift us through it, but then we start relying on us and saying, you know, I can, I can do this, man. I, I, I've been preaching for 30 years. I could do this with my eyes closed. Well, well, wait a second. It's not about me. It's not about me and encouraging me, but it's not about me and my strength. If I get up here and I'm speaking in my power... Wow, that's, that's cool. Thank you. But if I'm speaking in God's power, then I can exercise a spiritual gift that can also strengthen your... Does that make sense? You see, your gift is that powerful. It's something God gives that if you will trust, rely on him, he can take no matter how small or big you think it is, he can take it and use it for his glory if you're like, because it comes from faith in him to do something to, to encourage others. You see, at this point, that's why I, I kind of hesitated a little bit in naming the gifts. We're going to talk about some of the names that we have. And I, I believe there are some broad categories of gifts. But I, I'm careful to name them because some people don't, if they don't see my gift in that list of names. But let me just help you understand something. If you see maybe the person sitting next to you, and you just sometime before this day is over, you do something to encourage them, relying on God's strength, and you somehow encourage them, and you, you through the faith in God, saying, God, I, I, today I want to I help somebody. And if you'll help me, I'll do that. And you come with that idea, and then you go and you either share a word or you share a handshake or a hug, and somehow you build up, you have just experienced part of your spiritual gift. You may not know what the name of it is. 
You may have warned someone about a dangerous plot and God is using and, and you've helped them and, and they turn away. You, so you have the gift of warning maybe? <laughs> or maybe they're, they're going through a tough time and you've just in, you have the gift of empathy perhaps? It's the idea that God wants to take whatever he wants to do in you and if he strengthens it and you're doing it to strengthen others, you are experiencing God's spiritual gift. That's how powerful and how simple this is, folks. God wants to use you to strengthen others through him, and that's what the idea of spiritual gifts is all about. All right, so today I said we're going to do a couple of unusual things. Here's one of them. If you are some of the leaders that's in group one, would you join me up on, take a seat up here. We should have six of you. Would you come and join me up in one of the chairs here? Group number one. Today, what I want to do is we're Going to, going to take a couple different groups, and we want to introduce. Today we're calling this Expo 2017. It's Serve Expo. It's the idea of, of some areas in the church where you can serve, where there's a structure, a way that you can serve. Again, it's using your gifts. It's doing it because of your strength by God, relying on him, and doing it to help strengthen others. But we have some specific areas that can help you do that. So what I've done is I've asked some representatives or leaders from these different ministries ministry areas to come, and I'm just going to ask them a couple questions. And they're the same questions for all of them because I want you to hear the same answers in just different perspectives. But the questions are going to be, one, what are some opportunities within your area of ministry that people could get involved with? Maybe there's a something, what, what is it that involved in these ministries that someone out here could be involved with? Second question is, and how do you think your ministry helps further the idea of making disciples here at Calvary. I feel like we're missing a chair. Let me see who we got. Number one, Amy Adams, are you here? Amy's here. Rhonda's here. Sherrod and Marianne, Josh, Dolly, and Dolly's not up here yet. All right. She'll be here. We'll get her. All right. So I'm going to ask you those questions. So the idea is what are some opportunities that folks, tell us who you are, what your ministry is, and what are some opportunities, and then how do you think your ministry helps uh, us make disciples or to further it, to strengthen others' faith, okay? Does that make sense? This isn't a surprise. They knew this was coming, all right? So they've thought about this for a couple of days. I'm going to start with Sharon Nation. Would you just tell us, please? Well, I'm Sharon Nation, and <clears throat> I uh, work in the information center in the, in the back of the uh, auditorium, and when I think of this verse that we've been going over, it's better, it's more blessed to give than to receive, I thought, what better place could you do th- put actions to that verse than in the information uh, center. Why? Because when people come up that step, um, a handshake, possibly a hug, or just a good morning, we don't know what kind of day those people have had, and you're the first person they see in that information center. So a big smile um, just makes them feel comfortable. Secondly, um, before each uh, service, we meet in the back quickly, and we uh, prepare uh, people with the answers to upcoming events and so forth. So when someone comes in, they look a little lost, or they come to you, and they say, you know, what's going on with this? You can give them that gift of helpfulness. Um, and you say, well, are these gifts? Yes, they're gifts. Mm-hmm. Gifts of friendliness, gift of... And then lastly, um, just quickly... When people just to make people feel special that they're at Calvary, and you can do that again with a smile, a handshake, or an encouragement of saying, You know, you have the sweetest personality, you would be great working in our information center. <laughs> um, you know, and 
and, it, and that's a way uh, I feel that is an outreach. Um, we can disciple others with the gift of encouragement. And so I think basically if you just love people and you want to be an encouragement to people, the information center is a God place for you for your next step. Thank you, Sharon. I'm going to kind of go zigzag here. I'll go to Anthony next. Morning, everybody. Um, I'm Anthony Pedigo. I'm going to be the leader for the CERT team or Church Emergency Response Team. Uh, a couple of things to set you at ease. One, uh, if you're not the greatest speaker, this may be a great group for you because some of our customers may be unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you're not the greatest in the kitchen, we do supply the greatest jolt in the group, too. <laughs> so this is a very specialized group. Um, we will provide emergency medical services and other emergency services uh, during our Sunday services and special events. I can tell you from my past experience at other churches, a lot of things happen. I've, I've served with uh, broken arms and heart attacks and strokes and diabetic emergencies, emergencies and all kinds of things. So things do happen, and this is a very important group. Uh, so we are looking for people who do have experience in, in the emergency services that does help, uh, but we'll, we're willing to take anybody on who's willing to learn because if you've ever been in the fire service, there's always that one person who has to hold the clipboard. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've been a fireman for almost 25 years now, and this is something very dear to my heart. Um, one thing that I see that, that makes this an excellent opportunity to serve as I see this is John 13, where Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Um, you're dealing with people that this could be the, one of the lowest times in their lives or the most urgent, and you're there to help them. And that's, that's a great way to serve. Amen. Thank you, Anthony. Marianne. Okay. Well, I'm Marianne Adams, and I'm the other half of the First Impressions team. Sharon really summed it up pretty well. Uh, basically, for the greeting team, the greeting part, we just want to be at the doors. Uh, Pastor had mentioned at one of our meetings that people do make a first impression of our church as soon as they drive onto our property. So it's very important that uh, we have somebody that is at each one of the doors uh, to greet and to make that uh, whether it be a, a member or a visitor for that day, to make them feel welcome. So we try to be at each one of the doors. Uh, we're hoping that in time that we'll have enough people on our team that will sign up, that we can even have one at the elevator to help not only with the elevator assistance, but also as a greeter there, as well as being at the top of the west stairs, uh, even to be a director. So if somebody comes in and they look like a deer in headlights, they're looking for where, where they need to go, that you'd be able to assist them with that. And as I had mentioned um, earlier and what Pastor had asked about uh, for the team, we do work together as a team, and we're reaching out to others, not only welcoming, but as Sharon had said, sometimes just comforting and encouragement. I've taken people aside before just for maybe a short prayer or just a hug. Uh, you never know what that impression can be on them. Thank you. Josh? Hi, I'm Joshua Pope. I work with the student ministry. I'm a counselor. And we definitely need more counselors, um, but specifically we need counselors that are willing to create a godly relationship with our students, um, ones that are willing to push them and guide them towards taking their next steps. Um, our buildings may be separate, but our goals are not. We are there for them as long as they are, uh, they're kind of going through that time in their life where they're trying to create their own faith, kind of stepping out on their own faith, finding out how that, how that looks for them. And we're there to guide them, and we uh, kind of 
give them answers or point them in the direction of answers. And it's just amazing to be able to see them kind of take their next steps in Christ and kind of go forward. And so if you're looking for a ministry where you honestly want to be rewarded, it's, it's amazing to see these teens grow up and these students grow up and take their next steps in Christ. So, Thank you. You hand that to Ron, please. I'm not the Zig, I'm the Zag. You're the Zag. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Zag. Um, I'm Rhonda Grockton, and uh, we're part of the special events ministry, and there's two, two portions to our ministry, and that's outreach and inreach, and um, I'm part of the outreach. And um, in our ministry, there's always room for um, setup, teardown, um, kitchen help, whether it be cooking, cleaning. Um, you just, we're, we're just always in need of help in that area. Um, the, the, the portion of, you know, the discipleship of this is we're, we're kind of the behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. ministry. You know, a lot of people like me don't like to be up in front of like you. <laughs> <laughs> I tell him that all the time, and here I am again. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so anyway, this is a way to be able to serve the Lord and to reach out and serve others um, without being in the spotlight. And it's, it's, an, it's an opportunity to serve. It's a very needed service uh, mm-hmm. the church reaches out and does a lot of things for um for the area and um so this would be a great if you're not one of those that like to stand up and be seen and whatever you know um the outreach ministry and special events would be a great place to start out if you want to take a next step thanks dolly uh, well i'm part of the guest connection team and this is actually a very behind the scenes because nobody knows what goes on or when it goes on. But uh, all those connection cards that get filled out, excuse me, then we take them and then respond to the people who come through our doors who haven't been here before or maybe have only been here two or three times. And so the opportunities that you have to serve on that are um, we do email because lots of people do email now instead of, you don't want somebody showing up at your home. A lot of people are resistant to that, we found out. And so we, we do touches through email, which is very simple. And then also uh, handwritten note cards. People still love to get uh, note cards that are written. And we feel like that this is one way that people um, can feel like uh, well, they're, they're welcomed, that their uh, attendance was actually valued Uh, Because everybody wants to know that they're noticed. And that's really important, I feel like, uh, especially in their walk with Christ. If they don't feel valued, their attendance wasn't valued, they're probably not going to come back through and either start that relationship or deepen the relationship with Christ that they have. So those are the opportunities that we have in our ministry. Good morning. Um, I'm Amy Adams, and I help with Dinner at Your Door. Dinner at Your Door is a ministry where we show up with Dinner at Your Door. (laughs) And uh, we basically help people uh, who have uh, had surgery or maybe had a baby um, or for some reason, you know, they need some, you know, someone to help bring them dinner. And, you know, with that, you know, we show up at people's houses that, you know, are here at church. So someone here... 
uh, has had surgery and we take dinner to their house and there's family at their house because you know when you have surgery you might need help or it's nice to have visitors and then those people see us um, bringing dinner to their home and um, you know that spreads you know encouragement to them that hey there's still people out in the world that care and you know then they come here as visitors with their family and and they see, you know, our church and our church family. And also, too, one of the things that um, we see is we take dinner to someone, and um, then they're asking to partake in this ministry as well because they see what kind of blessing it provided to their own family. Um, one of the things that um, we could have, you know, help with is, you know, just organizing dinners. Um, typically, what we try to do is provide dinners for a week or two. Sometimes, you know, it's a week every day or a week every other day or two weeks every day or every other day. And so um, if we could have individuals kind of stepping in and helping to assist with that, um, that's really what we need for our ministry. Also, too, um, you know, with helping, you know, with discipleship, you know, how do we make disciples out of that? Well, it's just kind of what I said where... You know, when we show up to someone's home, they see, you know, the blessing that's provided, and then they come back, and they provide that same blessing, or their family sees it, and, and they end up coming to church and fulfilling, you know, one of these other needs, or, you know, what have you. So, Thank you. Give them a hand if you would, please. So let me continue with what we're talking about, and go back to the verse that we began with about unwrapping our spiritual gifts. Romans chapter number one, remember this is the... First time gifts are spoken of, so we're getting a great picture of what gifts are to look like. In verse number 11, he says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that, and I want you to notice these last phrases, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Paul's bringing out something else about the gifts, not only that they're not for our benefit and they're to strengthen others and the encouragement, but he makes it very clear that there's a, there's a different element. Use that word, the, the words um, that we may be mutually encouraged. That's the idea. There's a there's a there's a combo going on here. There's something that's mutual, something that's that's worked together. He talks about something that uh, your version actually may say comforted together, mutually encouraged. He uses the the idea of each other's faith, you and I. What's Paul trying to get across? Well, on one hand, this may be a, a statement of humility. Because as Paul, he's never met these people, and he says, hey, I want to come and share with you a gift. That almost comes off a little vain as if it's saying, you know, I got something that you need, you know. And, and he wasn't trying to say they didn't have something. So maybe part of this is, and I want you guys to understand that me coming, and I'm going to impart a gift so that you encourage me, and I encourage, he knows that's going to happen. So maybe that's part of this. But part of what I want you to understand is the idea that none of these gifts that we have, this masterpiece that we're made to be and these ways to serve, were never meant to be something done in isolation, something done alone. There's always a mutual understanding of these things. There's always a, a way that we work together. The, this, literally, the church is a team sport. It's the idea of something that we understand these gifts are meant to be used in coordination with one another. And how that my gift is not for me, and so I give it to serve you, but your gift then is not for you. And that may be the gift that helps encourage me, helps lift up my faith. It's a mutual encouragement. It's a way that we work together. In fact, 
The next time Paul uses this same word of spiritual gifts, he just uses the word gift, is also in the book of Romans, chapter number 12 and verse number 6. And I want you to notice just the way that he changes this. Romans 12, 6 says, and what's the first word? We. It's no longer I'm imparting to you a gift. He says, and, and as he gets back to this idea, he says, we have different gifts according to the grace that God has given us. So I want you to keep that in mind. This is a team effort, and we're going, to just, we're going to spend the last few minutes talking about that. Before we do, I'm going to invite group number two, if you would, of our ministry leaders. Would you come and join me um, in the chairs on the stage, group number two? Take your places there, and we're going to let you share a little bit. As they're coming, let me explain. They're going to answer the same questions, some opportunities for ministry, how this works in discipleship in our church. But here's something you hopefully you received as you came in. A card looks something like this with your info card this morning. It has a list of all these particular ministries and, and a lot of what you're hearing them say. So I hope you'll take this and look at it. What you're also going to find is at the end of the service, we're going to have all these leaders that you've seen or a representative from their team are going to be standing at different spots in our lobby. So if you have more questions you'd like to know or you'd like, they're going to have cards that you can specifically sign up for that ministry. And you can, and, and these can be trial basis. You can say, I'm not sure if that's what, but I want to, you, you take a card, you say, that's, I'd like to pray about that. And you, they're going to be back there answering questions and talking to you more deeply as we go along. So group number two. I'd like to ask you the same questions, the same way, if you give your name and just what your ministry, the title is, and then as you do that, share with us briefly some opportunities involved there and then how this is involved in our church. I'll start with you, Gail. I'm Gail Morrell. Um, I'm the other half of Rhonda's. I'm the in-reach, um, and that's usually uh, feeding people, uh, feeding the congregation, um, we do, um, and we all uh, said amen, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. We do um, like the Thanksgiving dinner, the, the picnic dinner that we had, um, the mission banquet that we do, um, and that takes many hands. Um, and men, you're not um, exempt from uh, <laughs> meals. We need a setup crew for tables and chairs uh, for a lot of people. Um, and then there's the teardown crew. Um, we need kitchen help to um, coffee, tea, get things ready. And then there's the cleanup crew in the kitchen and, and when the guys are taking down the tables and chairs. So um, uh, we have a good time. Um, it's a real good time. Um, Steve and I haven't been here that many years, but it's where we've got to know uh, people one-on-one. -on -one working together. Um, it's not just, you know, high and by and how are you in the, you know, the foyer. It's, uh, you, you talk, you get to know people, and that's where the relationships um, begin. So, and how, um, I think by working together, uh, building the relationships, uh, encouraging each other, um, it's helped it helps each of us to know what our next step is in, in the ministry. Thank you. Uh, hello, I'm Candace DeClerc. Uh, I do kids ministry downstairs. I absolutely love this ministry. You get a love on any kid in the world, and they're all amazing. Um, <laughs> my, I really am stepping out of my comfort zone. I will tell you all that right now. Um, 
we have a lot of opportunities downstairs. You can check in people. You can help them coordinate where they need to go or help them figure out what class they need to go to. We have security downstairs that helps the kids also. Um, they go and get kids or take them to the bathroom or get a drink or, and just they put them a smile on their face. My uh, husband, little Ellie last week was not very happy in my classroom. So Jacob took her outside and she just ran all over the place and he just it put a smile on Ellie's face. So that's what I love to see. I love to see the way they shape the kids downstairs. Um, also, we need um, more teachers downstairs. We do have a couple areas where we need more teachers. Um, also, even if you wanted to just be a teacher's assistant would actually help too. Uh, also, we have, we wanna try to shape the kids to be able to be know God more often and better and just knowing the love that you see in the kids' faces when they come to church. And if mommy and daddy say, let's go to church, you know, most of the kids are ready to rock and roll. They, they're like, I want to go see my teacher today. I actually have a set of twins that used to want to come to see every morning. And Miss Shayla, she'd be downstairs ready to hug those kids. And I'd be ready to take them in and really, really enjoy the caring things that I have done in their, their lives. And um, also, we do a lot of different crafts. We do a lot of different story time. We do... Um, just a lot of different things for the kids. We have snack time. We have prayer. I try to incorporate more of the memory verses every week because that's, that's what we're here for is to help shape the kids' lives in Jesus and, and know more about him. And that's just one of my favorite things in children's ministry. And I've recently became a lot of different things downstairs, and I'm very proud of myself for that because it's a very uncomfortable thing, but I've stepped out of my comfort zone, so. Thank you, Candice. Bobby and Angie uh, Ramsey are a part of some new support groups that are going to be starting up. This one is the first you'll hear about this fall, and then we have others coming, but they're going to share what's happening and how you can be involved as leadership. So, Bobby, if you'll talk to us yeah, about it, please. I'm Bobby Ramsey, and this is my beautiful wife, Angel. Um, we're part of Grief Share. be prayer and so and uh, the next thing would be setting up the leadership teams and we would need like co-workers and um, someone to come in and maybe do like some coffee and some snacks and what else do I say to you then I can talk a little bit <clears throat> forgive me guys mm. um, we do need Childcare too, because what this ministry is, it's actually people who has lost loved ones and they're going through grief. And it's <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so that's what our, you know, we would love to have anybody that would, you know, want to come and join us. Um, 
the next thing would be um, no, no, no. okay it's my turn again <laughs> um, first of all guys prayer 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 we need prayer for the leadership team which Angel already said and those that are participating within the grief share participants we need home groups praying each week for each session there's there's 13 sessions and each one is a different uh, level of grief or a different section of grief and that's that's our number one thing is prayer and we do and discipleship actually helps through mm -hmm. this ministry because they talk about various things but uh, as far as uh, this ministry actually helps those who don't know Christ possibly come to know Christ mm -hmm. and it helps those who do who does know Christ possibly grow into a deeper relationship with him and I know everybody here is talking about service and it's it, it really begins with service which is a ministry see he's the pastor we're the sheep we're the ministers we go out we minister to those out in the community and that leads to transformed lives through Christ and this 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 church and this these each ministry has to be so inviting to the community to where they feel comfortable to be a part of this community so that they can believe and thank you and like uh pastor was saying your gifts it could be something really simple i mean bobby and i has really struggled with our loss and just to come up to hug someone or to let them know that you are praying for them is really big and can be really really huge to them and so you know there's you know a lot of important little parts in there something some so simple could really show the love of christ to that person and the last thing i've got to say in ephesians chapter 2 verses 10 it says we are god's workmanship and workmanship we are god's poem we are god's poem created in christ jesus to do good works which god prepared in advance for us to do so those things are already there prepared for us to do all we have to do is come in line and have faith that God will get us through those morning I'm Tommy Hilfiger <laughs> <laughs> now that I have your attention let's talk about the missions team uh, a great way that anybody here can be involved in the missions team is by hosting a missions family when they're here in town. Mm -hmm. You talk about a great way to just get in touch with a missions family and uh, have extra time to spend with them. Have them in your home. Spend a weekend. It's been the greatest blessing in our life to have missionary families mm -hmm. stay, with, stay with us. Um, I take their kids fishing. We have a great time. And uh, you just get to relax and get to know them in a much deeper way. They're not just that missionary person. They're a human being like Troy. So, 
you really get to know them, and it's a, it's it gives you a better heart for missions. Um, of course, there's as Gail said, there's the missions banquet. You can serve there. Um, we have missions projects that we do throughout the year. Um, coming up in September, we're going to be part of missions for Taylorville where we're going out and getting a team from our church to go out and do some work on some other people's homes in the community. We also usually have a at least one foreign missions trip during the year that you can be involved in. And uh, I guess the way that missions affects our community and affects our people is it, it gives you a chance to actually become part of the Great Commission of going and making disciples. So if you're interested in that at all, see myself or Dolly, and we'll get you hooked up with the next missions family and get somebody in your home. Remind me not to. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> I asked him to run the soundboard for me for 30 seconds, and it's just, I'll tell you. I am up here for the worship arts arts team, and most people think that just involves the singers and musicians on the stage. Um, I am part of this team. You do not want me up here singing or <laughs> playing an instrument, but there is there is a lot of other opportunities. The soundboard, uh, running the computer, uh, running lights, doing um, set construction for different things we have for dramas that, that the ladies did earlier. There's so many other things than just being on the stage. Um, you may not want to be in front of people like me, so you sit in the back. I always tell people my goal is for people to not realize I'm here every Sunday. If you realize I was here, something got messed up with the sound. Someone muted you when you were trying to talk. <laughs> so my goal is every Sunday to not be noticed. So um, people worship in different ways. Sometimes a song is going to speak to you on a Sunday, um, maybe even more than what, what pastor had to preach. It's all worship. It's not just singing is worship. The whole service is worship. But maybe something in a drama is going to stick in your mind five years down the road more than something someone said from the platform. So there's so many opportunities to help our people grow in this area uh, that don't involve just uh, singing or playing an instrument. Thank you. Thank you guys very much. Would you give them a hand, please? So again, I challenge you to just consider what God is saying to you. And these are just steps for you that possibly could take. Maybe you're not involved. These leaders are quality people. They would love to answer your questions. But the, the goal that we have to make sure we understand is each of us have a gift and each of us are to be using that gift. And we're just trying to give you some opportunities today of, of seeing how that that might work out for you. And, and that's what I want to continue. We talked about, you go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 6. And he says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And so this is where Paul picks up, remember we started chapter 1. He introduced chapter 1 of the idea of spiritual gifts. He's going to pick it up here. But, but I just want to take one small detour to make sure you help you understand something. He talks about gifts between chapter 1 and chapter 12. But those gifts, he's using it in a different fashion. I want to make sure that we don't leave here without understanding that there, this big idea of gifts, this idea of God giving something that we didn't deserve, 
weaves its way through the Scripture, and specifically the way Paul describes it is the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ. I want to make sure you get this. As we go through Romans, he says spiritual gifts are talking spiritual gifts, but in the middle he talks about gifts to make sure we understand something, that all of us, in fact, the whole world, everyone, every person is born with a, an issue, and that is the issue of sin. All of us stand at birth guilty before a holy God. And as we go through our lives, as we come to that realization, we, we, sometimes you see it in the sense I'm missing something or I, I got this absent. Whatever it is, you begin to understand there's something that's, that's wrong. And God wants you to say that the ultimate understanding is that sin is at the root of all these issues. And you stand separated from God. There's nothing you can do to change that. So what does God do? He says, you can't change it. You can't earn it. So I'm going to give you a, a gift. And that's what the gift of eternal life. Let me just share a couple of verses. Romans chapter number 5. How much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? In chapter 5, verse 17, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? And Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, our Lord. Paul makes it very clear that we understand that, that we, we have a need of a gift. We have a need where we're sinners God offers us this gift. It literally, as we talk about it, has your name on it, but you do have to receive this gift. And my question comes down, have you received the gift of eternal life? Have you, have you put your faith and trust in Christ to know that eternal life is yours? Obviously, as you look in the outline, there's a couple other things. Let me just show you what we're talking about with these gifts as we wrap it up. Because Paul says you receive that gift of eternal life, and once you do, then God has given each of us as followers of Christ a gift or gifts, something to be used. But as we said, there's, it's very important that we get this. The first thing is this, that our gifts are used in connection with God's church. You are not alone. You are to be In fact, he says we're part of a body, and the body has fingers and toes. He uses an example to help us understand this, that, that we're all part of this bigger picture. And your gift is, is for the strengthening of others, and it finds its greatest outlet through the, the connection within God's church. He, he tells us that, that, that as God, through many, he makes there's one body, but each one belongs to the others. Your gift is needed in the church that God puts you in. Here's the thing I want to challenge you with. If you're not a part of a church, then you need to be a part of one. And by being a part of one, I'm not just saying putting your um, body in a seat. I'm talking about using your gift. If, if Calvary's not the church for you, then find one. But there needs to be, if you're part of a church, that you connect with that church and you use your gift in that church. God put you there for a reason. There's no accidents. God puts the body together the way he designs. So if you're here as a part of this body and a follower of Christ, then God has a place for you. It's used to be in connection with the church. And that leads us to that second thought. Our gifts are meant to be used. He, he, he says it very clearly. If you have the gift of prophecy, then do what with it? Prophesy. If you have the gift of teaching, then do what with it? Teach. If you have the gift of giving, what do you do? You give. He's just making these profound statements. If you have a gift, then why aren't you using it? Use it, he says. You have a gift, then use what God has given you for the glory. We looked at it last week. Whatever gift you have serve to serve others, use it. You're a steward. You have an ability. Make sure you're using it as God would want you to do. And here's what we we got to make sure we understand this. There are some people, maybe you're sitting here, you follow Christ, you just didn't quite get that. You, you didn't understand, hey, I'm not a spectator. I'm supposed to be involved. So guess what? You know that now. 
God has given you a gift to use. Some of you would honestly say, well, I used to use my gifts. I don't so much anymore. You have a million different excuses. You know, I got hurt or I got too busy. I've got, you, you've got, a million. Can, can I just tell you, God knows everything going on in your life and he still says, you have a gift. Why aren't you using it? God didn't make a mistake by putting you there. God didn't give your mis- gifts a mistake. He's got a reason. But then there's some, and this is what I want to make sure we understand. Some people look at this gifts that I'm talking about and they'll say, well, I don't know what my gift is. And so until I find it, then you, I don't serve anywhere. That's why I want you to make sure you understand this, this idea of labeling your gift is not as important as just serving. And maybe that's your first step because then God will show you what your gift is as you use it. As you start to use it, and then that's where you even ask a friend. So as you see me, where do you see me strengthening other people's faith with my gifts? And, they start, and you say, wow, then I have the gift of. But you do that by starting to serve. And some of these things we've given you, these are great, great opportunities just to get involved. You've been given a gift, so start to use it. And the last thing I want to grab is this. Our gifts are unwrapped through surrender. You saw a beautiful picture in this reader's theater today of broken pieces. And when they're given into the master's hand, the master takes them just, what a masterpiece. Do you realize, folks, this whole passage starts in Romans chapter 12 with verse number 1 where he says that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. Do you want to know what God's will is? Some of you say, I don't know what my gift is. I don't know where I'm going to serve. You want to know what God's will is? Start with, God, here am I. Whatever you want, wherever you want, whenever you want. I'm not going to put any strings to this thing. This is a full surrender. God, I get it. I'm a, I'm got gifts, and you put me here for a reason. So it's all yours. It starts right there. And then from there, God begins to show you what your gift is. And down the road, you say, I have the gift of. That's fantastic. But the point is this. Are you willing, first of all, just say, God, whatever. It's more important that I'm following and serving you than it is anything else. And so I'm, my body today, it's a living sacrifice. That's where it all begins. That's where Paul starts his whole conversation about gifts is, first of all, many of us are not serving because we're not surrendered. We're holding out something. And so our gifts are not being used. It starts with just saying, God, I'm, I'm all yours. I want to end with this last phrase because I want you to think about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 7. One other place Paul uses gifts. He says in this, Therefore, speaking to the church of Corinth, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Do you know what? I, I think that statement could be said to any of us in this room and specifically of Calvary Baptist Church. Think about what he's saying. Calvary, you have all the resources that you need to do what God wants you to do. They're all sitting right here in these chairs. But the reason some of the work's not being done is because some of the gifts sitting in these chairs are not being exercised. He says to Corinth, you got every gift. You're not lacking anything. And I want to tell you, God calls you to do something, well, then he's going to give you the gift to do it. He's, he's already, it's, there's not a lack from God's point. It's not like God saying, ooh, I don't know how they're going to get that done. They don't have, he's got, we've got every resource we need sitting right here. It's just that are the resources surrendered and being used for, hey, we have everything that we need to do what God's called us to do. Are you willing to say, God, then I want to be a part of that and to serve you the way you've called me to? Would you bow your heads with me, please? Their heads bowed and their eyes closed. It's been very clear today, and I hope you've, you've seen what we're talking about. That 
If you're a follower of Christ, God has a gift, a place for you to serve. He has a, a gift that he wants you to use. Are you using it for him? If you're a part of this church, then somehow he wants you to use it within Calvary. Are you doing that? If you're not, maybe that's it. You're finding the church where you can be, but God has a gift. That's if you're a follower of his. But please don't miss that so, so important point. And that there could be, and there probably is in the size of this congregation, someone in this room who's not yet received the gift of eternal life. Jesus gave his life to save you from your sins. He gives it a gift. Have you received that gift? Do you know Jesus Christ personally? Let me pray for you. Father, as we look at this idea of gifts today, I pray that you would speak to each individual heart and that we would be willing to listen and respond. Father, for that one in this room today that has not yet received the gift of eternal life, they came here on purpose to understand that you died for them because you, you know they need your salvation and you offer them a gift. Today, my prayer is that they would right now, even in, while we're praying, they would call out to you and say, God, save me, forgive me. I want to follow you with my life. I want to receive your gift. Please let them, this be the day of their salvation. And then for all the, those that are followers of yours across this room, please, whatever it takes, shake us up to say, listen, I have, a, I have a purpose, I have a reason, you've given me a gift, help me to use it by just first of all saying it's all yours, God. Whatever you want, I'm all yours. Please give us that heart today. As the music continues, just take a few minutes and let's just word that back to him. But with our eyes closed and our heads bowed and God speaking to you, what has he said to you today? Is there one in this room who would say, Pastor, today I recognize I've never received the gift of eternal life. I don't have that confidence that, that my sins are forgiven and that heaven is my home and that I'm a follower of Jesus. I, I want to accept that gift today. Would you just, wherever you're seated, just word to him, God, I get it. I believe that I'm a sinner and I believe Jesus died for me. I want to receive his gift today. Would you call out to him for salvation? And my prayer is that not one of you that is a follower of Christ will leave here today without saying, God, I get it. I'm all yours. You have something for me to do. Here I am. Use me. And if that's taking a step and joining one of these ministries or just getting back, at whatever it takes, that you won't leave here without taking the gift God has given you and putting it into service for you.